This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. Wouldn't kill you. We'd play some competitive sports. Once in a while, would it? Would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Football Sunday. If you missed hour one, talk to the Beebs getting hosed. A little bit ducks in fantasy football. You can find that on the Lush Hope Tires podcast, radio.com app, 1080thefan.com, Apple Podcasts, etc. After the show. Fan text lines 503-250-1080. Continuing some of the thoughts on the Ducks win yesterday before we get into a little NFL starting next segment. Uh, we got Red Zone on the TV, by the way, so we'll keep you updated on the various scores. Let's go Alex Smith. That are happening. Yeah, Alex Smith, now the starter. Hopefully he doesn't die, please. Um, and then hopefully uh, our fantasy picks for you uh, work out. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's hope. Let's hope that works out. Um, the defense is interesting for Oregon, so... I think a lot of us here who had been following the Ducks off season knew that the team was going to have a good defense, but after all of the defections due to COVID, there was a little bit of a concern about how exactly they were going to fit together with all the young guys that were on there, uh, you know, as freshmen who were going to be playing early. Noah Sewell being a notable one in the secondary kind of got hit hard by the COVID people, the uh, players leaving. So, you know, Lenore came back and you have uh, Mikael Wright, but beyond that, it was, it was question marks across the board. I'm still got a little bit of concern about the secondary. I know you said, you know, you, you like the picket led the way in tackles. Pickett was a huge liability to me yesterday on the field. He was busted. He busted coverage so many times. He was burned so many times just to get ejected for targeting. Yeah, he was, he plays the run well. So he was in, you know, getting tackles on the run, which was good, but he's just, he, he was not a good player on the field yesterday. And frankly, he has not really been a great player for the Ducks in his career. And that's why he got benched for Brady Breeze in the middle of the season last year because he just wasn't that good. Uh, Breeze, though, did opt out for COVID. Um, 
Thibodeau, once again, looked really, really good for the most part. He occasionally finds himself out of position, but still getting tackles on run, still getting pressures on the quarterback. I think he had two quarterback hurries and then two tackles for loss in six total, I think is what it was, or five total. Uh, Noah Sewell is a beast. There's a couple of times, again, he was out of position. He's a true freshman, so he's going to learn that. But he is a massive human being in there. And, um, you know, a lot of the other young guys looked pretty good on defense. It was a solid defensive effort, especially after the first three or four drives didn't go your way. You really hammered Washington State and kept them locked down in the second half until they scored a touchdown late. So, I mean, the second half, you gave up a field goal only until late in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you really, really kind of figured it out. I once again love Andy Avalos as defensive coordinator. He is such a good coordinator. He has multiple fronts up there. He's constantly blitzing at the right time. He knows how to use the talent on the field. What a revelation that has been the last year and a half for him to be the defensive coordinator. Um, I remember seeing Desmond Howard yesterday in college game day. I didn't see the actual live show, but I saw a clip. He was talking, I guess, smack about the Ducks defense last week and was like, I was wrong. This defense looks really, really good. Yeah, it, it does. So once the young guys get more reps, and I know it's only going to be, what, four games left in the season, which is crazy. But as they get more reps, I think that'll be continually more and more helpful for them. I like the defense a lot. I've just been really impressed with what the defense has been able to do in the second half. Like, we talk a lot about, you know, the offense and how they're able to come out strong and kind of mount that lead in the second half. But the defense is really, you know, you look at their last, even the last game against Stanford. Like, they only allowed one touchdown, and Stanford only scored 14. And so they allowed one touchdown in the first and the other one in the second. But uh, the defense is really, really, you know, forcing those teams into into uh, four and outs and, you know, only a couple, you know, maybe eight plays in a drive and then they have to punt. Like, that's kind of what you want to see from a defense. And, again, there's still a lot of room for these guys to grow. Like, this is only their second game. There's no spring games. There's no – so everybody's still really learning, you know, really how to play on the fly with the brand-new offensive coordinator – uh, Avalos really has the defense playing well. So I think there's still a lot of room for them to grow. But I'll say this, as far as any other year that we've been watching the Ducks play uh, football, this is the one year I look at this defense and say, okay, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's, I think there's a lot of things that you look at and, and you like from this defense as opposed to looking uh, you know, in years past, knowing that as guys get down the field, then, you know, your, your secondary doesn't know how to tackle and they've just, they'll just get burnt, you know, every single time, you know, by just, you know, Utah States and, and teams that shouldn't be able to really move the ball on you. And they do. So that's what I like most. So about this defense is they, they're at least trying. Uh, and that, that, that effort has, you know, kind of paid off so far because it looks like things are moving in the right direction as far as becoming a legit solid defense. Times they are a changing uh, as the Ducks defense has talent now. Lots and lots of talent. And it's amazing the difference. Uh, by the way, Daniel Jones is good at running the football. He just did a run pass option. And I know that we joked when it happened that he ran faster than Lamar Jackson on the on the fastest run. What was that like three or four weeks ago at this point? Dude just took off from the 25, 30 yard line and got a touchdown. He just ran through everybody. It was really, really, really fun to watch. Uh, so if you didn't see the Daniel Jones touchdown run, go find that on social media because it will be trending momentarily because he is fast. Yeah, he's really fast. He's very he's fast. He's pretty good, man. Eh, he's not very would, good, but he's fast. For, I wish he didn't play for them. Why? Because maybe then he'd have a chance to be better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. 
I mean, he's 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 got to learn, right? He does, you know. But I, I've, he's a tur- he's actually. Did you know that he is trending to be? He he has he has more turnovers than Jameis Winston had at hit at the same point in their career. He has so many turnovers, fumbles, and picks that it's more than Jameis Winston had at that point. Maybe in his he career. needs LASIK. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he needs LASIK, yeah. uh, but that is that's incredible to so me because me, when I watched Daniel Jones, I'm like, oh, he has some he has some flashes here, and then he fumbles the ball five times. So let me ask you this, and I know like a fumbling because that was an issue Mariota had like a whole lot. Still has, you know. So although we've seen him play, do you do you feel like man, like if you're a good player, you should be a good player regardless of what team you landed or landed. Like if you go to let's just say you you end up in Jacksonville. Uh, and you're the top draft pick. Should we just expect you to be good, or because Jacksonville's struggling, are we going to be okay with you struggling? Because I personally believe that I, I look at a situation like, and I, and I continue to go to these two because these are really the ones I can think of most. Man, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson. Like later draft picks, Russell Wilson won the third round, but Brady obviously at the end. But they went to teams to where they were already set up to be good, and then you just you know put in this good quarterback and. It's easier to learn when you have great players around you that can help make plays. Like with um, who for Daniel Jones, like who are those great players around him helping him become great? The often injured Saquon Barkley. That's about it. That's um, and he's he's out for the season, right? Yes, he yeah, tore so, his ACL week one. Yeah, exactly. And so who Sterling Shepard is going to make you a a better player? Like I look at somebody like Baker Mayfield, and I feel like he's at points like you're, you're, he's he's hella lucky. Why? Because man. I do have Odell Beckham to throw to, and I do have Jarvis Landry to throw to, and up until a little bit, I did. You did have Njoku, uh, uh, Njoku to to throw to as well, but I, I don't know. I feel bad for guys like that that go to these situations to where you know, like this is a bad team, and they're not. Man, Joe Burrow, great situation. Man, Cincinnati has a bunch of guys that can still play, a bunch of guys that can still play. Man, uh, on the on, they got on a lot of talent of the on the offense. They have yeah. a lot of talent on his side of the ball. So yes, is it a surprise that he's doing? Man, you look at what uh, Justin Herbert is doing. Why? Because he has a lot of talent around him. Justin Herbert, we haven't talked about this enough, man. Five time, five time offensive rookie of the week. He's incredible. Five times of eight weeks, he's been the. Well, he's only started what six? Yeah, and of of, of those six weeks, five of them he's been the best. That's what I'm saying. Like when you have like he didn't have that talent around him the entire time at Oregon. It's I mean he went and when he did he was great. When he didn't. He struggled. Now that he has, man, amazing talent around him in, I almost said San Diego, in, in Los Angeles, man, he's shining. Uh, They're not winning yet, but you can tell the potential is there for him to be really, really good and for that team to be great in the future. To answer your original question, I do think it's possible for a good player to go to a bad situation and have his development stunted. But I think if you are truly a good player, you will play well despite all of that. And I think we see that across the league. I, I'll even look at you mentioned Jacksonville. I'll even look at Gardner Minshew as an example, right? And, you know, he hurt his thumb and maybe he lost his job and I don't know how that's going to go. But Gardner Minshew went to a horrible Jacksonville team and was good. Now, Jacksonville didn't win every game, but he played well. It's the same with Herbert, right? Herbert went to a Chargers team right now that has three-fifths of his offensive line out. He's running for his life constantly. Now, he has skill position players, but his main running back hasn't been healthy the entire time he started. Eckler's been out. for the, I think... The entire time he started, Eckler's been out. So he's had backup running backs. He has a great receiver in Keenan Allen, and he has a good deep threat in Mike Williams and a good tight end. 
but he has no offensive line and he has no running game and he's still killing it. Let me ask you this. I think at a certain point, if you are that good, it doesn't matter where you go, you will be able to at least look good even if you're not winning. That's why I question Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold hasn't looked good. I know the Jets are the laughing stock of the NFL. I know they have the worst talent of the NFL, but he hasn't looked good at all, right? He hasn't really shown flashes. And because of that, I'm not so certain Sam Darnold would actually have done any better on a better team. Like, he would have done better, but would he have looked good? Would he have actually been a good quarterback? I don't know. Did you think Alex Smith was good? When he came, when he initially played for the 49ers, was Alex Smith a good quarterback to you? He was average, fine. I don't know. He wasn't and, and great. I think, and I think, honestly, that's where most quarterbacks are. They're average, fine. You know, after, after outside of the top 15 quarterbacks in the league, maybe the top 12, most of them are just average at best. Right. You know, what I mean, like not necessarily backups, but they're just they're just good. It wasn't until Alex Smith got a guy, a coach around him to show him what to do to say, oh, OK, I can play football. You know, for years, man, the Chiefs, you know, prior to getting Mahomes, who's a game changing once in a lifetime type of quarterback like Alex Smith consistently had the Chiefs in the mix, consistently had the Chiefs at least competing for an opportunity to play, you know, for the AFC championship and things like that. Man, Alex Smith had his team in position in the NFC to win the NFC championship. You know, and that was without really having a lot of the the weapons around him. Like, it took him getting a good coach and some good weapons and some other things for him to really, okay, man, Alex Smith isn't weak. And that's just kind of how I feel about, man, a lot of guys. Man, we talked about this with Mariota for a long time, and that's kind of my thing with Daniel Jones. Like, man, he's got to be out of there. You know, I, I, that's not a great situation to be in. That's just me. All right, let's break. Let's get a little more NFL next before hitting or love it. Take a look at the standings and kind of gauge where we are at this point in the season. Who's surprising us? Who do we think is elite? Who do we think is going to fall off? That's next, Football Sunday. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ten twenty-one here on your... Football Sunday. A couple of score updates for you. Giants up 7-zip, or not 7-3 on the Eagles on that Daniel Jones touchdown run. Panthers have a 7-zip lead on the Bucks in the first. Lions up 7-0 on the Washington football team in the first. And the Jags have a first quarter 3-zip lead on the Packers. Texans-Browns have been delayed due to inclement weather. Rashad asked when he came in today, he goes, hey, we haven't done this yet. We're like halfway through the season, a little more than halfway now, ten, week 10. Um, we usually do this once a, once a year. We take a check in and we go, oh, who's uh, outperforming their expectations and who's underperforming and kind of just take a, take a gather of what the league looks like right now. So I think there's only one place to start in that sense. NFC East. No, oh, okay. it's not. Although we can make fun of them profusely if you'd like to. <laughs> because the first place team is three, four, and one. <laughs> and the second place team is two and six. And the third and fourth place teams are two and seven. <laughs> and when they the only the only redeeming quality about the NFC East is when they play each other, the game is always somehow funny and stupid and competitive. It's always funny. So I actually enjoy watching. Like I'm gonna probably love this Giants Eagles game because it's gonna be stupid. <laughs> no, yeah. It's Daniel it's, Jones just ran for a 35-yard touchdown. It's already stupid. No, yeah, these these games with the NFC, they're, they're, they're just laughable. It's like watching a good Kevin Hart stand-up. The place to start, I think, 
is the AFC East. I agree. Because no longer are the New England Patriots the class of the division. Sorry, Rashad. It's uh, amen. Uh, it is the Buffalo Bills. And don't look now. Don't look now. But our Miami Dolphins are five and three. They've won four games in a row. Patriot cast off Brian Flores is leading a good team. And they started to a for the last two weeks. He looked pretty good last week. And, uh, you know, you got a good game against Justin Herbert and the Chargers today. A little Herbert versus Tua matchup. Don't look now. The Dolphins look pretty good, too. So the Bills are now the class of the division. But the Dolphins right away sneaking up there. Yeah, the Dolphins are, are I think that might, very be a bigger, that might be a bigger surprise to me than the Bills. Yes. Uh, the Bills, we knew last year they made the playoffs. We knew last year the Bills were, they were coming, you know. And, and, and as, as soon as um, Allen was able to figure out exactly how to play quarterback and this is year three then he was going to be off to the races and look at that the bills are as good as we figured they would be the dolphins though from the fitz magic you know starting the season and being benched which i don't think he should have been benched but it's now it's hard to argue with it because two has been so damn good in two weeks like he's literally he's set the world on fire like he and kyler murray are clearly the talks of the town as far as quarterbacks go in the nfl I think those are the two guys to where even as as well as Josh Allen is playing and with Russell Wilson, you know, not so much last week, but playing the way he's been playing this year. And then Aaron Rodgers, it's still man, the past couple of weeks, it's been all about Tua and it's been all about Kyler Murray just because those guys are it's like watching electricity. You know, well, that just, game last week was great. Absolutely. Between the Cardinals and the Dolphins. Absolutely. And again, who when was the last time you've ever been able to say, man, that Cardinals Dolphins game was 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 lit as the kids say when was the last time you've ever 2009 exactly you know it's been a long time since you've been able to say wow the dolphins and the, the bills and the cardinals like that's awesome i love the turning of the, of the kind of the changing of the guard that we're starting to see as far as um some of those teams that have been the laughing stock of the nfl for a long time kind of become you know kind of become the cream of the crop so yes the bills are i think they're a1 in the class but don't look now because the the Dolphins are right there. The Patriots going to be a while before the Patriots are are back. And I think me, we're realizing the Patriots had a lot of bad players, and that was masked by a really good quarterback, absolutely, and, and good play calling, absolutely. Yes, that's that's and really, if you look at the roster for 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 the Pats, they've almost never had the best roster in in the league. You know, that's always belonged to when they played the Rams. The Rams had a, a better team. You know, at that point, a better roster. Pat's uh, has also missed on some of their draft picks recently, too. Uh, the guys have only draft defensive linemen and centers. <laughs> you know, you don't draft randomly anything. from like yeah. a central Connecticut state. And, and then we'll go get a receiver <laughs> in like the seventh round, the sixth round or something stupid. So, you know, they haven't drafted Ooh, yes. incredibly the well. Flow through yeah. you. I mean, it's, hey, it is. Listen, I've been having cake for dinner, you know, every year for the past 20 years as, as a Patriots fan. I'm okay with, you know, not getting any cake. I'm being fat anyway. Yeah, so he's, I'm okay he, with yeah not. he says that, but he, no, ra- I, he rages when they lose. No, I don't. No, I don't. It is what it is. Like, man, I'm, I'm, I know there's more than likely there's a chance we're going to be bad for a while. And I'm okay with that. Because you know what? We were great. My entire young life, for the most part, we were awesome. Do you miss Tom Brady, who just threw a touchdown to Cameron Brait? Well, I've, I've had 20 years of touchdowns do you miss, to, do you to Cameron miss, Brait. Do you miss Tom Brady? Uh, Cam yeah. Newton's look pretty bad. Do yes you miss Tom no. Brady? Yes and no, because whenever somebody's that bad, you're like, man. But t- Brady we had it better. Yeah, but Brady's he struggled in the uh, past a little bit. Now that age is really starting to show. That's not something we've we've said it, but now it's like, man, he's there's games when he's looking bad, like he's looking. Ugh. 
Well, yeah, but he's okay. playing in warm weather now. It's and he's playing fine. warm weather, and he's got all these weapons around him, so he doesn't have to be great anymore. He just got to not suck. Just every be game. good enough. Yeah, he's just not got to suck every game. Now in the AFC, there is an undefeated team in the Steelers, but they are not the elite team. The elite team is still the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think so. Chiefs are eight and one. They lost to the Raiders, uh, but beyond that, they've been absolutely unstoppable. Steelers are eight and zero, and they look very, very good. But there's something about them that I don't fully trust yet. And it might just need a couple more weeks of just seeing them continue to win. But I just, I don't, I don't view them as elite yet. Uh, whereas I, I think the Chiefs are far and away elite. Uh, it's hard to say a team that's 8 no isn't, isn't tops in the, in the NFL. I would still put them in, as second. You know, if we were doing any type of power rankings, they'd be second at this point because they are still very good. But, you know, th- there's something weird about Pittsburgh because it doesn't seem like they should be as good as they are, but they're undefeated, you know? So it's like, you can't big Ben's playing pretty well. Big Ben is doing what he does. Like he's another guy. Their defense is still great. Every year we've been talking about, yeah, this might be big Ben's last year. And you know, he probably should go ahead and hang it up. And every year he just, he comes out and answers the bell. Like he's big Ben is one of the more underrated, excuse me, not underrated, underappreciated quarterbacks that we have in the NFL. Well, he also like allegedly raped women, so I don't want to root for him. Well, I mean, yes, he's he's allegedly like I mean I want to say that for legal purposes. Well, I said allegedly. Uh, yeah, so you know it's, but still that 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 I'm on, I don't want to say that aside. It sounds awful, but as from a football perspective, that sounds just as bad. I, now I, on the field, on the field, I guess like ugh, all it all just sounds so terrible. But he is still very good, and he's showing it, and because of which. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are currently eight and zero, but that's the team that for uh, for me that's the, the biggest surprise. Not not the biggest surprise, but man, the, the Chiefs. Like I'm surprised when, that they're undefeated. The Steelers. Oh yeah, that, that's because I, I don't. They don't seem like they should be undefeated. They're not. They're not a great team. They should have lost to Dallas, you know. But you know they didn't. Um, the Chiefs are the team though that they tried really hard to lose that game. I, I'm I'm really impressed by the Chiefs because it's one thing to be the hunter. Right. And you have to go out there and make sure you let everybody know that you're here to win. You're here to win a championship. But when you're the hunted and you have that big target on your back and you're the, you know, league MVP and you're the, 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 you know, billion dollar man, you know, for the most part, like everybody's gunning at you and they just keep winning and they just keep not just winning, but they're beating the brakes off of people. You know, you're talking about the Chiefs now? Yes, I am. They're beating the brakes off of people. And it's, it's fun to watch. Mahomes is the one guy. That, man, if I had to pay to watch, you know, outside of red zone, if I had to pay money to, like, a la carte to watch a team play, I'm watching Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's great. I have to see him. He's so much fun. He's it's, he's, he's the he's the definition of must-see TV. He reminds me of what, like, uh, almost like a, a, a Kobe-esque Jordan. Like, there's something you have to see about him. Magic Johnson, he's just that you know, when you when you watch him play, he's like he's doing stuff that nobody else is doing. It's like I have to watch it. There, there's so much more to get to with this that I think we might have to actually push to next week because we got hated or love it next, and our last segment's probably gonna be pretty short. Um, I want to talk about the Ravens. Lamar Jackson has not looked very good this year. Um, Apparently, but, everybody knows their plays. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. <laughs> uh, we we we're still in the AFC. The Colts Titans game from Thursday Night Football was a good game, mm-hmm. and it was two teams now at six and three tied atop the division. An interesting game to kind of figure out where both those teams sit. Go ahead, Tannehill. You've got an NFC which is wide open right now. Who's the best team? I don't know. Packers, Saints, Bucks, Seahawks, Cardinals. I I don't know. Philly. No. Oh, stop. Okay. 
Stop it. Well, I'm just... They are in first, but stop it. <laughs> so we'll get to some of that stuff next week as well. Uh, 8 to 10, by the way, next week, almost for certain. Uh, so coming up next, hate it or love it, but first, Joe has sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. That music means it is time for Hate It or Love It, DJ Moore Touchdown. Oh, did one of us say DJ Moore? I said I liked him, but we all picked McKinnon, so sorry, RJ. Sorry, RJ. I mean, McKinnon still might do better. You never know. Also, I have Bucks defense in my one league, and I'm about to drop them because this is the third week in a row where they have not played well, even though they're a very good defense, and it's very frustrating. Anyway, this music means it is time for Hate It or Love It. Joe will ask us questions. He will award us or deduct us points based on our answers, and the winner hosts the last segment. So what do you got for us today, Joseph? All right. Uh, so a couple of weeks ago, the Dolphins made two of their starter and during that week, I asked you guys if Tua was going to win his first start, and you both said no. And Tua led the Dolphins to a huge victory <sighs> over the Rams. Okay, well, first, first of all, first of all, I already know where you go with this. He Tua had less, played terrible in that he game. He had less than 100 yards passing. Yes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the Rams lost that game more than the Dolphins won it, but you well, are correct. We were very wrong. I mean, hang on there. I mean, the Dolphins returned, I'm pretty sure, the first punt uh, return for the season. And they had that uh, scoop and score mm-hmm. fumble. Mm-hmm. So they, they won it in all three phases of the game, mm-hmm. let's say. Mm-hmm. Maybe two, but they two, won. Two of the three, yep. Uh, and then Tua won his second start. So Tua and the Dolphins playing Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Hate it or love it. Tua will go to 3-0 and as the starter of the Miami Dolphins. I love it. Uh, I really do. The, the Dolphins are playing incredible right now. Four wins in a row. And this is, uh, I'm going to I'm gonna steal this from a little bit from Jason Sikanik. <laughs> He has been betting on the Dolphins almost every week this year and winning almost every week. They are as surefire a bet right now in Vegas. So, of course, now that I said that and I jumped on the bandwagon, they will lose. Um, The Chargers look great with Justin Herbert, but man, the Chargers find a way to lose every single week. Two straight weeks with a 0.0 second on the clock loss in the fourth quarter. The first with the Broncos scoring. The second with the ball being bobbled as it went out as they tried to win the game last week. Dolphins look really good, and it's it's one of those teams that you don't fully understand why they're good. You look at their talent, and you go, well, I mean, they've got, like, one receiver that I like, and, you know, they got a tight end that's okay, and their defense, oh, well, okay, I can see it. It's a, it's a team that's hard to understand why they're good, but they're winning. So I'm going to give the credit to the coaching. I'm going to go, hey, a Bill Belichick co- coaching tree is actually working here, and in, in Brian Flores, who's doing a very good job down there in Miami, and they just seem to be having fun when they're playing. And you know the pressure's on the Chargers right now because they keep losing in ridiculous and hysterical ways. I think this will be a looser Miami team to beat a tight Chargers team tonight or this afternoon. So, yeah, I'll say love. Dolphins will win third game in a row or with two, a fourth and fifth in a row. Fifth in a row. Wow. Jeez, uh, Louise. Um, I want to love it because the, the Dolphins are being uh, – the Dolphins are playing – so so well especially on the on the defensive end which is something that we haven't really seen from them in a long time usually you play the dolphins it's going to be a career game for you but the they've actually showed a lot of promise on the defensive end um but god 
gosh, it's, it's hard to go to bet against, man, what Herbert has been able to do. So far, Justin Herbert's a, a top 15, top 12 quarterback as far as passing yards are concerned and uh, actually production. So he's on that end. He's doing well. Unfortunately, the, there's something about the Chargers that they just can't pull it out. They charger it. That's what they've been doing. That's that's kind of the makeup of their team. They play just well enough to lose uh, to lose a close game in the end. And because of that, I'm seeing something from the Dolphins that I haven't seen before, which is their ability to close. They had a, they had a close one last week against Arizona, and they were able to pull it out. Tua played his butt off, and I think he can do that again. So, uh, yeah, I love that Tua goes uh, 3-0 and as a starter, and they get that win. He gets that first head-to-head win against Justin Herbert. All right, moving on. We have the New York Giants right now with an early lead against the Eagles, 14-3. Just that competitive NFC East, the most competitive division in football, I say. I mean, nobody wants to win it. They all try to lose. And uh, the last game between these two was actually not too bad. At a certain point, Joe, I might actually agree. Most competitive. (laughs) Competitive doesn't mean good. It just means competitive. Uh, But, yeah, the Giants, the last time they played the Eagles, it was a pretty good game. I want to say it was a Monday night game. Uh, and Daniel Jones has lost uh, the Giants when he started. They have lost the last 16 straight games to non-Washington opponents. So, <laughs> hate it or love wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm waiting. With Daniel Jones at quarterback, the Giants have lost every single game they've played that hasn't been against the Washington football team. Uh, yes. And I went back and checked because, uh, in 2019 last season, Washington, they lost week 15 or they won week 15 against the dolphins last year, but Eli Manning started that game. (laughs) Okay. Uh, and then to go, uh, even beyond that, uh, week three victory over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Daniel Jones's first start actually as the uh, quarterback for the New York giants was a win was a win. Okay. So besides, so from uh, week four, to today, minus the start from Eli Manning, he's won only games against Washington. Four of his five wins have come against the Washington football team. Yes. So actually two of his five came against the Washington Redskins and two of his five <laughs> came against the Washington football. Fair. Team. Yes. That's a crazy right. stat. Okay. Hate it or love it. How bad is Daniel Jones? The Giants will win today. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> now that they're geez. up 14 to three, it seems <laughs> yeah, a little different. I, but... I feel weird saying love it. Because they're the Giants. Um, but hell, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, uh, love, who are they playing right now? The Eagles. Yes, they're already up on the Eagles. The Eagles have, have shown that while they are the best team in their division. Don't look you know, now, the are, Eagles are driving down the field. You know, in their division thus far, uh, again, much like, you know, uh, the Chargers, they like to find a way to lose that game in the end. So, but just for that reason alone, I'm going to take the Giants. We've seen Daniel Jones uh, have some some flashes of great so you can tell it's there like i was talking about a little earlier if he plays with somebody else he might the result might be a little bit different but we've seen flashes of some greatness even though the wins don't necessarily you know equate but i'm gonna go ahead and say the giants hang on and get a close win and they win the game uh what do they have 14 now they it's 14 won, to 3. They yeah. win the game 17. You're about to lose 14. a point for not knowing what the hell is going on with they, this game. Who are they, they playing? No, oh, they lose the game 17 14. <laughs> this is typical Rashad. He will forget some of the details. You can't yeah. you can't take a point away if you like. I, I, it's getting close. Don't hate uh, Joe. Don't do that, bro. I'm gonna go ahead and say hate because this is the Giants. And that stat is mind-boggling to me. 
Yeah, now, the, Eagles, the Eagles are the best team in this division. They are. They have the most talent in this division, and they've looked the most competent at times in this division. And as long as Carson Wentz doesn't throw the game away, I think the Eagles can come back and win. It's only 14-3. to The big if. Let's say they're driving. They are driving right now. At least they've showed a highlight of them over the 50-yard line. Um, Carson Wentz throws a touchdown, 14-10, to right back in the game. Eagles are going to win this game, baby. They're going to win. Score so, is going to be. The score is going to be. 24 to 17 Philadelphia. Giants score three more points the rest of the game and they lose. 17, 17, 14 Giants. Book it. I like how you both <laughs> give the Giants only three more points yeah, no, just seriously. in different, uh, yeah, different styles yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, moving on to some college football. Oregon State, a rough loss last night. I think what's just as brutal as the fourth down, third down ball spotting by the ref is the fact that they didn't score at all in the second half 24 21 i mean sheesh all right and oregon state their remaining well, UW only scored three points in the second half too, to be fair uh but hey three more than oregon state did i saw somebody online bet second half for washington and they won because washington outscored them three <laughs> nothing <laughs> uh so oregon state's remaining schedule is at home against Cal, at home against Oregon, then at Utah, at Stanford. So Cal, Oregon, Utah, Stanford. Hate it or love it, Oregon State will not win a game. Oh, hate. Oh, I hate it. Oregon State's looked pretty good in the first two weeks, uh, despite the losses. I mean, I know the first half against Wazoo wasn't good last week, but they were able to almost come back and win that game. And then this week should have probably beaten UW based on the, the way the game script was going. Cal is going to be beatable, especially with uh, Cal was supposed to be good this year. But with the COVID stuff going on, this is their first game that they're playing. I flipped over to red zone, but I think it was uh, UCLA was up. Oh, this is in halftime. I think UCLA was up 14-3 last I checked, and Cal was not looking very good in that game. Um, Utah's a loss, most likely, although they haven't played either. And Oregon's probably a loss. Stanford does not look good at all. Stanford got beaten with their backup quarterback, which the Pac-12 had to apologize to them for. Then uh, Davis Mills comes back and starts this week, and they lose again. So to, to uh, Sam Neuer, former Beaverton High School quarterback. To Colorado, yeah, yeah who uh, looks actually pretty good in the first two weeks of the season. Um, Oregon State is a much better team than they have been the last few years. They have talent on both sides of the ball. They've got better coaching. They're not quite there yet. We know that. But, yes, they will win at least one or two games moving on the rest of the year. So I uh, hate they will not win a game. Uh. Yeah, I hate that they won't win a game either. Uh, I think they have an opportunity against Cal. Um, I think they also have an opportunity, like Lynch said, uh, which I 100% agree with, man. Stanford does not look like the Stanford that we're used to. Um, a couple for, of years in a row now. Yeah, this is this is the second straight year that we've seen Stanford just be kind of a doormat uh, in the Pac-12. Um, so I, I do look at Oregon State because, like we said, this is not the same Oregon State team. They have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, and Jamar Jefferson just may very well be the best running back in the Pac-12 at this point. And so uh, I think Dude there's some nasty. De- there. I think there's some definitely things to to like if you're Oregon State. Um, the fact that you have a shortened season kind of changes things a little bit because if this this were still the 11 12 games they would get during the regular season i would probably forecast about four to six wins uh in between there but because they play such a tough schedule and you know within their own um kind of division of the pac-12 like this could be uh really tough for them but i do see them getting a win against cal uh the way stanford's playing i see them also getting a win against uh against stanford who knows that civil war game against oregon excuse me the the oregon football 
classic. I don't know what we're calling that. Uh, could be the Kate, uh, <clears throat> the Kate Brown Cup. That could. <laughs> I love it. That <laughs> could be yeah, the shutdown bowl. That could be uh, very much uh, a, a really big game because we all know Oregon, Oregon State. Once they get together, man, it's it can be a toss up, and you know the Oregon State plays really, really well against Oregon, especially with this amount of talent that they have on that side. So I definitely hate that they're gonna lose every game. I do see at least one to possibly two wins in there. All right, and this isn't uh, so much a hate it or love it question, but just make your case, fellas. The Bucks, we thought they were the best team in the NFC. Then the Saints just shellacked them on mm-hmm. Monday night. So. Who is your best team in the NFC? Oh, honestly, right now, even though the defense is as bad as it is, I think it might be Seattle because I trust Russell Wilson. I trust Pete Carroll. They've been there before. They put up a boatload of points. They got Carlos Dunlap in and Jamal Adams is getting healthy. So there's at least some reinforcements coming on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, if you look at the other teams, in the NFC, uh, I thought it was the Bucks, but the Bucks have looked ugly these last few weeks. They're losing again to the Panthers, although they're on the red zone again right now. Um, I don't really love the Packers this year. The Packers have an amazing two player or three players, uh, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and, and Aaron Rodgers, but they don't have any other skill position guys that are talented on that team, and their defense is okay. Uh, I don't trust the Saints at all because Drew Brees can't throw the ball consistently. It's the Seahawks in the NFC West right now by default. I think the Cardinals are really good. I've liked them all year. I think the Rams can be really good as well because their defense is solid. But I think it's the Seahawks. Who else would it be? Uh, it's it's hard to not say the Seahawks. Uh, for me, I'm. Uh, it's tough because I see the Seahawks play all the time. They're literally on TV all the time. But, man, I, it may be the, the Green Bay Packers. Um, uh, Aaron Rodgers is, again, quietly – just kind of doing what Aaron Rodgers does, throwing about 400 yards a game and winning, you know, winning games. And the Packers are sitting at six and two. And for him, there's no pressure on him because Russell Wilson's supposed to win the NFC, or and and so is the the Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They're supposed to win. Nobody had the Packers in this position to be uh, one of the best, or at least at the top of the leaderboard in the NFC. So that's a that's a very good, a very good chance the Packers might be the best team in the NFC right now. And if, while, it, if it's not the Philadelphia Eagles. And while that last question was a formality, Rashad had it sealed up early. Awesome. Nobody heard him. He just did some little like jazz snaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's death, like a, it was like death an old, poetry slam snaps. Yeah. yeah right? Coming it was like, up, like uh, an old movie, like coming up. I'm going to do my uh, slam poetry. Uh, Ooh, great. No, Let's actually, hear it. Actually, I'm not. Don't worry. About no, why that. not? But we're going to talk about something cool. That's next right here on the fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. And the timing couldn't have been better, Joe. That was a that was very well timed. You wanted that glorious right as the liner ended. I like yeah, that. Very good. Yeah, I appreciate yep. it. I appreciate it, man. That was a glorious win. I'll definitely take it. I enjoyed it. What hasn't been as glorious for me, and I've got a chance to talk to both of my guys about this. Um, I'm new to online gaming. (laughs) 
I'll be on. And, you know, I'm 37, so I Welcome might be, to the world little, of my life. I might be a little late, you know what I mean, to the, to the world of online just, gaming. Just a tiddly bit, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean... I mean, I think you're, you are... I don't. Are, do you consider yourself in the same generation as me, as a thirty-one-year-old? Uh, are, are you like one generation uh, before me? I don't know. Like we, we know a lot of the same, like you know, pop culture, like mm-hmm. references and shows and stuff like that. So I don't know. Like, but when, when I was I'm, I'm born, not too much older than you. I'm, you're thirty-one. Yeah. I'm when I was born, you were already six, though, right? Yes. So for me, I always considered myself very fortunate because. As, as a generation, I mean, I think my generation, you might consider yourself the same way, is that early in my life, I got to enjoy, like, being a kid like the olden days. Right. And then I got technology and learned it as it grew. So I kind of always felt like I got the best of both worlds. Yeah. I don't know. I'm right in there. If you're saying, but you said this is your first time really online gaming, that means to me that you you were older when that started to come out, so you didn't, like, get grasped yeah. into it like I was. And more than anything, I just didn't. I mean, honestly, I just didn't really care like that because for me to game number one, like I'm, I'm very seldom playing. Like I'm, you know, pre-COVID, I'm at work or um, at a kid's practice or something like that to where, like, I'm not necessarily in the house. Now I have nothing but free time, and so you know, being online, gaming, and playing stuff is like okay. Well, I might, I may as well try. It. And then really, really, what did it is my son uh, is amazing at the wrestling video game. Like the WWE video game, like he's he's tops. He's nine and guaranteed he kick anybody's ass in that game. Like if you want to play him one on one, he's okay. he's that good. And so um, I noticed him just. He went to a birthday party uh, this past week, and he was just running through all those guys. And so I was like, man, let me go ahead and go online for him and get him, you know, some other competition. So it just kind of forced me to to play with them and stuff like that and and play around. And I'm figuring out that I am not good at this. It's going to take some real work that I don't know if I'm willing to put in. The There's a huge difference, especially you as a sports gamer, between playing the AI oh. and playing people who are also you on the other side of the keyboard oh, or the other side of the controller. That crossover is crazy. It I is, can't stay in front. It is something that takes a lot of work. There is a huge learning curve to getting your skill level up to playing online. Yeah, I'm not Luckily, I've been playing online since I was like 14, but so my skill level has stayed... You know, above average, I guess. I don't know. So um, I've, I've been playing online for all of like six days, and okay. really, I've only had like three games. So get we'll yourself see. Call of Duty and practice your uh, your stick skills. We'll <laughs> see what's up, man. Because this isn't working. I can't suck for this long. All right, that's gonna do it for us today. If you missed any of the show, Les Schwab Tires podcast on Radio.com app or on TendingToTheFan.com or Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you find your podcast. For the most part. Uh, We'll be back next week, I believe, 8 to 10 a.m. next week as the Seahawks have a Thursday game, so we'll probably have other NFL games here starting at 10 a.m. for you on the fan on Sunday next week. Good luck in fantasy and have a very good rest of your weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? 
Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.